Yo, what's the deal? Hey, what's going on, man? Not much. You good? Yes, sir. You good? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Chilling, chilling, man. Hey, y'all, welcome to Shits and Grins. I'm Tess Howard. Chaz Money. Oh, yeah. Today, Wednesday, Detroit, 83 degrees. Uh, Look like we'll be quarantined for a couple more days. And the governor said we all good after, what, June 8th, right? Yeah. All right. But, yeah, you know I'm still going to take a couple weeks to... You know, kind of fall back still. Um, I don't want to jump out there too soon, put the kids out there too soon. I think everybody still should be cautious. Don't mean that the virus is gone, but everybody still practice social distancing. And uh, be careful. Keep your guests to a minimum. Uh, let's dive off into it, man. Um, first, man, we're going to talk about this this uh, Drew Brees comment, man. You want to take it? <laughs> you go ahead, man. All right, man. Drew Brees. Uh, first... And foremost, I think people keep confusing the reason why Kaepernick took that knee. He took mm-hmm. that knee because um, he wanted to show um, everybody around the world, not just the U.S., that um, it's a lot of indifference in our in our country. Um, it was never about the flag. Um, we we always fought for equality and. Instead, we got police brutality. We got blackballed from things, and uh, we got overlooked so many times. And I believe everybody that went against him really owed this man an apology. He put his career on the line. He sacrificed his endorsements, but it was for the greater the good. Not too many people would do that. You had a lot of athletes actually coming out saying that the reason they didn't choose to take the knee was because of their salary. I understand you wasn't one of the high-profile players in the NFL, but you have to stand for something um, that could have been you, could have been your brother, could have been your uncle, father, etc. Um, Drew Brees played for New Orleans, one of the richest and black culture, black culture uh, cities in the United States. Um, what I don't understand is have him having black teammates and him being around New Orleans for so many years um, how could you not see that Kaepernick took that knee to fight the injustice in, in, in our country? Um, mm-hmm. it's, not, it's not about the flag. It was strictly about um, bringing social awareness. You know, and um, I think a lot of people, we go back to say, you know, is living in that box, living in that bu- bubble as far as not, you know, open up their eyes to see what's really going on. And a lot of times what it is is these guys are being puppets they'll say anything to keep they scared to lose their endorsements um they have this little circle they have their agents and their their little speakers you know writing their speeches and everything saying what to say what not to say even controlling their twitter accounts and everything um you have to do the right thing in this situation he's he's a, a vet that's been in the league for so many years um if you honestly feel like that they uh people was disrespecting the flag by taking the knee then uh you're one of them guys that's in a bubble you have black teammates you should be standing up and speaking out for your teammates um i don't know what the division will be like now in the locker room it's no take back on that comment you know and i like drew Brees, man and um i think he's a he's a good guy you know you don't hear about him in the press as far as negative news but this is the time where you should see the Caucasian sticking up for the blacks. Um, enough is enough. You want to get off into the percentages of how many black players in the NFL. Just imagine if they took a stand and said, hey, we're not playing a game. Exactly. Same as, the same as the NBA. I think uh, he was kind of kind of shallow for those comments. I think he should have really put some thought into his comments before he spoke them. And um, and that's the problem in itself. Um, Kaepernick did not take a knee protesting the flag. And then to really get deep off into it, are we talking about the same flag that, you know, turned their back on blacks for years? Are we talking about the same flag that um, Kaepernick took the knee? Now you got officers taking the knee on guys like George Floyd. Um, and we see mm-hmm. now we get off somewhere else. Um Good point. This, this, this is this is. I mean, which knee are we taking? You mm-hmm. know, land of the free, home of the brave. Really, 
Like, mm-hmm. come on, man. Drew Brees, you have to do better than that. You're a leader. You've been around, a, like I said, a, um, a rich city state for years. I'm talking rich in uh, tradition as far as how they, and culture with the, with the black community. Um, mm-hmm. We talk <laughs> Mardi Gras. Like, who don't want to go to Mardi Gras? Hasn't been a Mardi Gras. Right. You know, um, good Southern food. The spices and the, the trumpets, the soul, the passion of New Orleans. And you don't pick that up after all them years you've been playing in New Orleans. Man, I think this, um, the, the, the comments that he made, man, I think they was totally irresponsible. And I think he picked a completely wrong time to, to uh, make those sort of comments. He came out before and said that he was opposed to, you know, people kneeling for the flag, I guess, because he have family members uh, that actually serve. But the thing about it is, is that someone who served told Kaepernick to actually take a knee because yeah. he felt like that was the best thing to do. And what about so when Tim is... Tebow did it? Absolutely. I mean, people, you know, people take prayers through, I mean, people take knees through prayer. So, I mean, even though it's not a sign of protest historically, someone could misconstrue it and say, hey, are you disrespecting my religion? You know, it's something like that. You can kind of sort of take that into a different direction also. But, you know, I think really with, with Drew Brees, I don't agree with what he's, what he's saying because a lot of that rhetoric, it comes from the president. When you're talking about hijacking a good cause and turning it into something else, you know they they calling it you know you you know you're disrespecting the flag you're disrespecting the anthem well hey you know with this with the situation like this you gotta you gotta know when to pick your battles you know now especially today like i'm talking about today i understand that you got servicemen that defended this flag and died for this flag but on the other end it's people dying on our end also right and especially in a sport like football you need that sort of chemistry, and it's going to divide the locker room. It's going, even though he, he he's sort of on the fence. I can see how people would perceive it as, well, you on that side, or you don't care about our plights, you don't care about what's going on in our communities. Because he's, again, you know, these guys they would tell you, well, what not to do, but offer some solutions when you tell me what not to do. Mm-hmm. I, and it, I'm not going to call Drew Brees a racist because he took that stance, but. You know, if you're going to take that stance, then then help us on this side, pro, you know, protest, uh, throw something out there that'll help us, you know, you know, give a, pl- a you know, a public statement mm-hmm. on our behalf, you know. And, and again, it sucks. That's why his receiver, his receiver that just got a huge contract um, a year ago or, or, or a few months ago. I can't remember when it when it did. He immediately came out and he checked him. You had Malcolm um, Jenkins. He said he wanted the comments from his his teammates slide. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it's I I it, it, it's it's too crucial to stand back and not say anything, or just to stand back and criticize. It's it's totally it's totally important that as many people as we can get to come up and say something. But when I say that, I, I just want to make sure that it always come back to full circle with us because it starts with us and ultimately it's going to end with us in the decisions that we make also. And, you know, the last podcast, I talked about the league being 70% black. You got these guys, they got to understand leverage at some point. Yeah. It's, you can't splinter a locker room, right? You can't put, like you said, you can't put careerism over what's right. Even if it, everybody, if everybody can lose homes here, and we talk about black businesses and just businesses in, in general being affected by this, guys can come up off of their salary too because they're the most comfortable. Mm-hmm. If, if if people in the inner city and, and and away from the property, you know, you can lose your life being on that front line. If people being um, tear gassed and all of that, got water, dogs, everything. You know, all of you, you're facing all of these things. Yeah. The guy that's sitting at top, the least you can do is put some of that money on the line if it should come to that when y'all got the most leverage in the NFL. You know, it's, it's crazy, especially in that league 
where it's the higher where it's one of the highest concentrations of African Americans that it seemed like they the most muzzled there, right? Yeah. The product the product revolves around you guys, you know, and, and you got enough you got enough people there to where you can totally leverage that into some real change. I'm looking at it, uh, Jay Z. He's still on the clock, you know. He made a deal with them, and I'm kind of and I'm, I'm not going. I'm not going to criticize him for his deal because, you know, at heart, I know Jay-Z is a capitalist, capitalist, and I know that him and Kaepernick, you know, I can say Jay-Z, he kind of sort of took it and ran with it too, and he benefited and he put his own thing into it. But Jay-Z, he's kind of on the clock too because he kind of sort of made the comment that, we, you know, we're past kneeling. Yeah, and, and, and he it, said at some point you have to move on from that. So what's the next plan, Jay-Z? We waiting. Yeah, so he's kind of on the clock also. Tom is telling that Kaepernick is right. Point blank, period. I know it's not... if You, you can disagree with his method of protest, but it sort of seemed like it's never enough. You know, you do one thing, it's criticized. We be civilized, it's criticized. Right. We, we protest and riot, mm-hmm. it's uncivilized. So at some point, man, you just you, we, we, you gotta you gotta box out all of that stuff in the protest. You just got it just the spirit of it. It just gotta continue to move forward, you know. So Kaepernick, time is telling that he was on the right side of history, and everybody else are gonna be on the wrong side of history when it's all said and done. Yeah, you know what, man. A lot of people wouldn't have done what Kaepernick did. Um, I no. think that was really brave of him because we talking about a player that wasn't just too long ago removed from the Super Bowl. You know, yeah. he still had a lot of fight in him. Um, you know, the team was changing, the coach, coaching staff was changing, and I mean, come on, let's be fair, man. Sometimes if you don't get that many reps with with your receivers or you going through a new uh, playbook. That adjustment, you need some type of adjustment period. And um, this we know for sure, man. A lot of times he made something out of nothing just by scrambling. You know, and uh, right. everybody loved him when he was running in the end zone and scoring touchdowns, kissing his muscle, flexing. And it's just so crazy, man. He went from the favorite to the number one villain. You know, and um, I, I think he really received some unfair criticism. Um, I think people she'll most definitely step outside the box and at least listen to him. And instead, um, this brother got blackballed from the NFL. And um, Especially these, yeah, yeah. Especially these guys in the NFL, man. Like, I don't understand it. I congratulate the NBA because they look at their players. That was my next, that was my next question to you. Now, look, the way the president, remember when the president was making the comments to the NFL about um, if them guys were not, if they take a knee, they should be fired. He put so much pressure on the NFL to the point where the NFL started telling team owners, hey, if these guys don't stand for the national anthem, we have to suspend them. We have to fine them. Do you think that would have happened in the, NF- I mean, the NBA? No, like the way the, the way they, you know, the NBA players to me took control of the situation. Like when Donald Sterling was making those racial comments, do you think the NBA players would have came with a different approach versus the NFL players, and why? I think the NFL, well, it come down to language with their rules. I think the NBA players, you must stand for the the way that the language is in the NBA. You have to stand for the flag, but in the NFL, I don't necessarily have to stand in it, stand up for the flag. And I know I remember in the NFL in Carolina, they got they had a, a racist owner there, and I believe that they got rid of him. Also, just like they did with Donald Sterling in the NBA, I forget the guy name, but he was the, he was the owner of the Carolina Panthers. And um, what you see, what you see. Um, what you see in the NFL, just like the NBA, you can have all the money you want, but it's still a network, and they gotta invite you in to the. Uh, they gotta be. They they gotta wanna invite you in to that network. 
point blank period because Diddy could have had a team mm-hmm. years ago. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I remember. But in the in the NFL, you're not even afforded that opportunity. I think the closest we got to a minority owner is the owner in Jacksonville, and I don't I don't want to say I, I I believe he's Arab. I could be wrong, but they still they it's not just because you had they wanted Donald Trump wanted to get in, which is which is crazy. Donald Trump wanted to get into the NFL before he tried to buy the Buffalo Bills before, and they said no, 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 no. I think, I think what I'm I'm hoping that the so the 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 farther away we get away from again the 1960s, like I talked about in our in our in our last podcast, is I hope we get away from that ideology because it's still. It's still a good old boy network mm-hmm. in the NFL. Now, these guys, I don't know how long he was an owner in, in Carolina, but I, I, I just got to believe that within that, that network, it's still a lot of people that believe what that, that Panthers owner was thinking or believe what he believed when it came down to race. Yeah. Because it's everybody in there, they still, even though they compete against each other, when it's come down to break up that money, everybody is on the same team. Everybody wants the same thing when it comes down to the revenue. Yeah. So I hope if we get further away from these, you know, the racist ideologies that a lot of these supremacists has, like we can sort of rid the world of it because times are changing. You know, the, the NFL, it, it, the ownership through management, it needs to be more diversified. Yeah. They got a problem with the coaching in the NFL that they need to address too. Yeah, I see where they're trying to um, make it almost mandatory for you to at least interview a black coach. Yeah, that's the Rooney Rule in the NFL. I mean, and that's that's really nothing. That's pass and go. Uh, Jerry Jones, they they suspected he did it uh, this past year with Marvin Lewis. He just took. He just took an interview with Marvin Lewis just to say, "Hey, I did right, it." Right. Know? So you can't penalize me. And then they, you know, they're saying, "Well, maybe we should we'll give a couple of more draft picks to someone who hires a coach." And we don't, and and That's you know, sad. you don't want to. Absolutely, it is. It absolutely is. I wouldn't do it if I would feel ashamed if I was a coach. All right. You know. So, all right, let's move on to the NBA. Uh, the NBA has told National Basketball Players Association that they will present a. 22-team plan to restart the season to the league's board of governors on Thursday. The person of knowledge of the situation has said the teams that will be going on ESPN Worldwide, a sports complex on Disney campus near Orlando, Florida, will play eight games to determine playoff seating starting around July 31st. So, the first question I'm going to ask you is 13 Western Conference teams, nine Eastern Conference teams, um, you have to be six games within that eighth seed. That's why it's 13 Western teams and um, nine. One, you see the ninth seed, and then you see the um, the nine through 13 on the West. Um, do you predict any upsets? Like, I'm looking at the um, – let me look at the standings. And I know in the West, you have uh, – like Phoenix and New Orleans and the Kings fighting for that eighth seed. Uh, you have Portland fighting for the eighth seed. Um, I'm gonna give you the give you the teams, and you tell me who makes it in and who don't. Okay. The eighth seed you have Memphis sitting at 32 and 33. Portland you have knocking on the door 29 and 37. Do Portland overtake Memphis? For the AC or the the teams you have next is New Orleans, Sacramento, and you have San Antonio, and you have Phoenix. I think Portland. I, I want. Uh, I'm not gonna say that. I think I want Portland to take it. They three games but, behind. Yeah, I don't. I don't know three if that's enough ground to make them. It's really hard to gauge all of this stuff, man. Because I think right now it come down to readiness you know who's ready who's not I think for the most part LeBron we'll talk I guess we'll talk about LeBron I think this benefits them the most because I still think that he was working throughout this pandemic and, and still trying to get better 
I think this really, really hurt the Clippers because they were already trying to gel. And I know they probably got the most, you know, collection of talent, man. But they, you know, if they haven't been working through this pandemic, then it's going to ultimately hurt them more than any team in the NBA, I believe. And speaking of Lakers, AD got a chance to get some rest and actually work. You know, and then you got a team like New Orleans. New Orleans was, um, they was kind of gelling and on the road before the NBA shut down in March. Um, but um, to, honestly, Memphis been playing decent ball too, man. Not bad. I wouldn't expect to see them at the AC spot. Um, if I, I could see Portland overtaking Memphis um, because Portland suffered some injuries uh, in their backcourt early. Uh, they picked up Mellow late. Seemed like they started gaining ground. And um, I know Dame Lillard was making comments saying, hey, he didn't want to play any meaningless games because they was ready to say, hey, okay, we're going to do the 8-8 eight and eight traditional playoffs and start it right up. And Dame felt like I didn't want to be no, a, a, no tune-up guy. You know what I'm saying? Like I would sit on the bench and not play if we restart the season and we playing meaningless games. Like, at least give me an opportunity to be in the playoffs. So, yeah. it seemed like that's what they're doing. Um, do you see any upsets as far as um, in the East or the West? No, I don't. I think, I mean, if we're talking about just going to the, I would have to see how the uh, seating is. But I don't expect anything, you know, again, it, it, it it's really, it's really hard to judge all of this stuff. Because, it, you know, if it come down to talent, I think everybody have progressed, you know, um, the way that they should. And I just have a feeling, I would like to think that a lot of these guys been practicing together since then. You know, I know it's against the rules and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's extremely, extremely hard to tell. You know, I wouldn't bank on the upset now. You know, I, I kind of sort of think that it's going to, you know, it's going to pan out the way that it should, especially in the West. And who, the do East, you have, I don't know. who do you have meeting in the finals? Because of all of this, man, I think the Lakers is going to come out the West, and I think it's going to it's going to be the Bucks coming out the East. I think we're going to get Giannis versus the Lakers. That's honestly what I think. And for the championship, who you have? I think Giannis is going to do it. Now, you know what? I I, I'm not going to doubt you because you was the only one that I knew last year that picked Toronto. I went, yeah. with, I went with my team Golden State because, of course, my boys Pistons didn't do nothing. But um, I like that matchup, too. I like L.A. to come out the West, and I like um, Milwaukee to come out the East. Um, I think if anybody could challenge Milwaukee, um, I think Toronto can without a Kawhi. And another team that I think will match up pretty solid with uh, Milwaukee if Philly can get it going. Um, in the West, if, like you said, it, it just come down to the Clippers gelling. If the Clippers can gel, that's honestly the only team that I can see knocking off the Lakers. Um, I think... You don't I, give any chance to Houston. Not at all. Houston beat, no, Houston not, beat them already with uh, without a center. No, not at all. And the reason why I don't, you look at D'Antoni history, D'Antoni remind me of a Don Nelson and a George Carl. Mm-hmm. These guys are masterminds when it comes to offense. If you look at George Carl, what he was able to do with um, the Seattle Super Simons, getting them to the finals, even with the uh, Milwaukee Bucks going deep into the playoffs, um, scoring was never an issue. With that, with those coaches, even Don Nelson, um, D'Antonio done the same thing. He had Amari Stoudemire and Nash and Phoenix. They was running the score up, but they never played defense. Houston just remind me of one of them teams that can score one forty, but whoever they play, they gonna score one forty one, one forty two. You know, and I think in the playoffs, where guys not going to really so much settle for so many jump shots, but instead they're going to get to the paint, they're going to draw fouls on you, get to the line. I think after a while you're going to see that small ball um, they gonna, they're going to lose on a small ball, playing small ball because the minute you have a guy like 
JaVale McGee would look like a superstar. Dwight Howard would look like a superstar playing against Houston. And it's only because when you run that pick and roll with LeBron and AD, AD able to roll to the basket. He's able to still stop and pop, pick and pop. You know, I think it's going to create so much trouble for Houston, matchup-wise, you know, you switching AD, a seven-footer, onto a guard now, or even a small forward. And um, and I like uh, what's I like Tucker. Tucker got a lot of dog in him, man. He got a lot of fight. But let's be honest, man. When you start to get out rebounded, and these guys are good rebounders. It's not like they're averaging below rebounding numbers for a center. JaVale McGee will go pull down 14, 15 rebounds. Dwight Howard will do the same. And they don't have to put up superstar stats. But just go in there and just beat them up in the paint game after game, winning the second chance battles on the offensive rebounds. Houston going to lose. I don't, I don't see them winning no more than two games in a series against the Lakers. And it'll take Russell to have a, a triple-double, a big triple-double, him and uh, Harding playing out their body for those games. I don't see them winning no more than two games again. It's, it'll be a game six win for um, the Lakers. With the Clippers, I think the Clippers will challenge uh, the Lakers. That's what you might see in the Western Finals. Mm-hmm. Do you think uh, you think any chance that Kevin Durant come back for these playoffs? If so, if so how far do you think they go? Um, no, he's not going to come back for the playoffs because um, the Nets are – well, no, the Brooklyn Nets are – no, I wouldn't risk it, man. And the reason why I say I wouldn't risk it is because even though I kind of like the matchup, if the playoffs started today, you would have the Brooklyn Nets playing the Toronto Raptors. And I would love to see the Kyrie and I would honestly think I would give the advantage to the Brooklyn Nets. I really would, but we seen him come back in the playoffs last year where we thought he was okay. He was dancing in the hallway. He come out, have a good first a first quarter, and bam, he's out of there. He tore his Achilles. No, you, you- I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to see him back because this another one. We forget, we forgetting that Kevin Durant is getting up there in age. He's been yeah. in the league now ten plus years. He have another injury, man. He might not come back the same player. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think do you, do you agree with the season? Do you like do you like this season? I know they're making you know different rules to um, one of uh, to the um, to the games. I think one of them being. If you at home, you get the ball three quarters of of the game. You get what I'm saying, like yeah. I, or maybe just just though you win the tip, and then in the next quarter, you, uh, well, you know what? No, I don't. I don't really agree with that, man. Because um, it, it they trying to pretty much really make it home court advantage. You already got the crowd there. You know, you don't mm-hmm. you don't need any more leverage. You got you. You got you fighting on your own territory. You know, that should be enough right there. And when you start getting into, you know, giving them the ball three quarters of the way. Now, let's talk about the home cause. You know how the referee might blow a whistle because he might be favoring the crowd. You know, I don't want to see those type of calls where the crowd is getting on the referee because he's not blowing a whistle at a home game. So now, down the stretch, a questionable call is he done blew the whistle on a questionable call because he blew a few and he feel like he got to give the home team the whistle. You know, I have seen this before, and I'm pretty sure you have too. Um, I don't think I don't I don't like it. I don't like it. I think home court advantage is enough for you. I think they just should have canceled the rest of the season and leave it vacant. Um, the championship. I don't. Anybody with these? I was arguing with some guy on Facebook today, and he's saying everybody felt you know went through the same thing. Nobody has an advantage, but you know I just kind of believe that 
you kind of sort of compromising the integrity of the game. You kind of sort of you 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 don't you don't finish this if you can't finish the season how it started, especially with the rules, then you shouldn't have a season at all. And then I think restarting a season next September. So it kind of sort of seemed like you, how are y'all going to get through these games? You putting players at risk of injuries, like you know. They already staying out of hotels, and how often will they really be training if they are sharing the same facilities and everything? It just doesn't make any sense logistically. It 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 doesn't make sense at all. You gonna try to, you know, pack these last couple of games in one one spot? I believe, and I don't even think I don't know if it's gonna. I doubt it be any crowds there. You know, if if it is, I don't think you it might is see a light camera to- crew and people like really spread it out. Exactly. And, you know, I think it just sort of watered down the game. And, you know, you compromising the integrity of the game, too, with all of these rules, rule changes mid-season. Now, I think if you're going to do it, just, you know, go into the playoffs. You know, you got like 70, 80 percent of the season done already. You know, just go into the playoffs, crown a champion, call it a day if you were going to do it. But right. these extra whatever how many games they had eight games you know just scrap it because you're still putting people at risk you know yeah. you can't say As you they, care and then come out trying to rush the season right absolutely so I don't know man I, I in first case I would rather them scrap it but if you want if you aren't going to scrap it just go directly to the playoffs so you can get in and get out and just I'm, be done. I'm a huge basketball fan. You know this. Um, I feel like, yeah, if you're going to start a season, send it straight to the playoffs because how I'm looking at it is you still had a draft and then you still have preseason right around the corner because if you start – and then what about the summer league? You know, what are you going to do for the college kids that's coming out? You know, the season starts in October – you know, remember mm-hmm. they had already started early October with the season. So if you plan into July and we plan eight season, I mean eight uh regular season games before we even hit the playoffs, and now you playing a seven game series and some you know, like I know, when those fourth and five seeds battle, that might go to a game seven. You know, yeah. uh, them close seeded games go the most distance. So now put players putting wear and tear on their body. When is the playoff going to end? When do you playoffs get end after three months? That's why I said logistically it doesn't make any sense to me. And then you're going to turn I right think, around and start the season. Right. Just don't crown a champion this year. Make that, that championship vacant and just get ready really for the next season to make sure you have all your T's crossed and all your I's dotted, you know. Yeah. And, and have so a everyone playing just in case you can't play at home. Absolutely. Um, I got almost ten years on you, so I don't know if you remember the '99 playoffs. Not fully, but go ahead. San Antonio won that year. Tim yeah. Duncan and David Robinson. Um, they didn't have um. Amanu and they didn't have Tony Parker at the time. The AC made it to the championship, which was the New York Knicks. Went through the playoffs. It was a shortened season. It was it was the year to blackout. You know, and um, the season was shortened. And in the finals, you had an AC New York, and I don't know how the hell to this day how New York made it to the finals, but they did. And you have janky stuff like that happening during these shortened seasons and the season was canceled and now it's continued. I wouldn't be surprised if you see a team like... Because now, if you think about it, a guy like Kyrie is rested. You got a guy like KD that's been rested. Um, He's been getting work in. I wouldn't be surprised if you see KD in the playoffs. Now, if you see KD in the playoffs, and let's say just for shits and grins that Brooklyn Nets win a championship this year, right? Now you're going to have people saying, well, you know, if they would have 
uh, canceled the season. Nobody would have won it or if they would have never canceled it, if, you know, uh, and did it this way, that way, then maybe the Lakers would have won it or Milwaukee would have won it, but they was playing so many games back-to-back, knock on wood, Giannis got hurt. That's how Nets end up winning. Like, it's always going to be a what-if. No matter who wins this year, trust me, it's going to be some type of what-if. So do you think the season is tainted? Do you think the champion is going to be tainted, whoever wins it? Do you think history will look back and say, oh, well, you know, they played on a shortened season. Yeah. You know, they changed the, the, the rules midway through the through the season. Yeah, I do. I think so. I think this year you can see a team other than the Lakers, the Clippers, and Milwaukee winning. You can see a team like Philly winning or a team like Boston winning. You can, in the West, you might see a team like Denver or Houston winning or even Dallas it just depends on which team is healthy, which team jail, because it, as sad as this may be, and I'm not wishing injury on nobody, somebody's going to get hurt in the playoff and blow their team chances of winning, whether it's a top seed or a low seed. It happens every year. Um, you're going to see a team that hasn't really quite been healthy finally healthy in jail it it always happened um even if they don't win it they might be a threat to win it that's just how it happened it, it comes down to chemistry and it comes down to health i believe if golden state was healthy they would have won it just like people were saying oh if Kyrie was healthy those years and kevin love was healthy those years maybe cleveland would have won more than one championship you know, and then it's always the what ifs. Well, what if Draymond Green didn't get suspended? You know, when when uh, Golden State was rolling. So I think it might be one of them things like '99, man, where you know you might see a team, uh, uh, AC team, make it there. We talking about the uh, New Jersey, uh, the Brooklyn Nets. I say New Jersey, the Brooklyn Nets. You might they seven C. You might see them, but depending on KD. If he come back or not, they more than capable of going making the title run. So I most definitely think that you should keep your eyes open. Have a dark horse. Let's let who your dark horse team. Give me one in the east, one in the west. Let me know if you need to see this. No, I think um I think really in the east, if I had to pick a team. I don't got much faith in Philly until Ben Simmons get a jump shot. Not only that, they become more mature in Philly. Yeah. Uh, Boston, I think when it comes down to it, they don't have a big man in Houston. and I, I mean in Boston, and I think that might ultimately come back and hurt them. Mm-hmm. If I'm, let me go to the West. If I go in the West and I have to pick a dark horse team, I'm going to say... I'm going to say Houston. Um, I know it's, it's a long shot going against the Clippers, but, you know, I think really with Harden and and Russell Westbrook, he has a better point guard, more gross, aggressive point guard than what Chris Paul was. And um, I think that style just now, because it's up and down, up and down, Mm-hmm. You probably can catch a couple of teams off guard running up and running up the court like that. Yeah. So I would take Houston in the West and in the East. I'm gonna just throw a pick out there just because I love the coach. I'm gonna just go with the Indiana Pacers. I think the Pacers are are a great defensive team. Michael Brogdon, along with Victor Oladipo, is is a very underrated backcourt. And when you got Nate McMillan, they you know a lot of people forget that they pushed. LeBron seven games last year, I think, in the second round. So I, I just love Nate McMillan, and if it's going to be a guy that can get that, always gets the most up out of his players. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably Nate McMillan. So it's yeah. really a heart pick more so than a dark horse. So I'll take Indiana in the East. What about you? In the East, I'm gonna take Miami for my dark horse team. Um, I think uh, defensively they pretty good. Uh, offensively, they they gelling. They they got what it what it takes to 
to uh, come through with a couple upsets. I can see them beating a team like Toronto, Boston. Um, not saying that they will beat Milwaukee, but I think they will uh, push Milwaukee probably better than any other team. It all depends on if if Philly gelling or not, man. Philly be having issues between um, um, Embiid and Simmons. You know, I, I think Miami. I, I think I think they be. I think it's more so of who who's going to lead the team, man. And um, and B be having a lot of back issues. So if he's healthy, not having the back spasms and everything, I think um, they'd be right there with Miami p- pushing Milwaukee to, to a game seven. Um, in the West, my dark horse team would be Utah. I think Utah has everything. I, have, I think Utah has everything to compete for a championship. I think it just comes down to um, gelling. I think your boy Rudy Gobert kind of set them back with the whole tapping on the microphones and shit, then finding out he had coronavirus, feeling like a total asshole after that. Um, But I think Utah has everything, man. Um, I like my boy Spider, man. I think he's an awesome point guard. They got the shooters over there. Um, They got the big man rebounding and blocking shots, clogging up the lane. They got a power forward that can shoot and can stretch the floor and, and roll to the basket, so... I think they got. I think they got everything they set is going to come down to them just, just gelling. I'm curious to see, you know, uh, Spider and um, and Rudy. They had they had their little spats or whatever, but they they said they were straight over there for the betterment of the team. Um, so those are my two dark horses, man. And um, but I still think if it all play out the way it's supposed to, as far as health. I think um, Milwaukee and um, and the Lakers are meeting the finals, and I got Lakers for the championship. I just think um, the Lakers have enough to clog the lane. I will box in one against um, Giannis and make Giannis shoot the jump shot. And when you got a guy like um, McGee down there waiting to block a shot and Dwight Howard down there to block a shot, I think he's straight, man. You know, they got bigs that can shoot now. You know, they picked up uh, one of the twins, the Morris twins. So, I think I think they got what it takes, man, to uh, to win a title this year. I think LeBron been working out still. He's hungry. He want to prove. He want to do this for Kobe this year. So, so let's let's do it for Kobe, man. Um, one of the only years I'm. I like LeBron, man. I think, but not. I think I like LeBron, but I think this would be the year that he most definitely can capitalize on the season and win a championship because next year you're going to see a reloaded Golden State. It's going to be harder. Then you're going to be looking at the Clippers. They're going to be gelling. They're going to be ready. Denver going to have another year under their belt. Houston might pick up somebody in free agency. I still think Houston one player away from winning the championship. I think um, if D'Antoni can somehow teach some type of defensive philosophy to these guys, you know, and get a couple stops, especially in crunch time, they could win it. But my surprise team, real quick, not to switch subjects, man, I'm really, really shocked at OKC, man. I didn't think OKC would be this good. They sitting at, at uh, 40 and 24 in the sixth seed. If playoffs started today, they would play Denver, which I think that series can go either way. Like, yeah, I, it's a I'm, great series. I'm, I'm shocked. Chris Paul is truly a winner, man. Oh yeah, and he and he deserves the most credit for that turnaround that they had, man, and the, the players that they got from the Clippers also. Yeah. Um it's 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 great, you know, and I'm glad to see Chris Paul on his way back into the playoffs. I just hope he can get out of the first round again, yeah. and um, and continue that success, man. He's definitely one of the best ever. All right, well, uh, you got anything else you want to add before we switch subjects? I, mean, I think uh, I think we covered it all. All right. Well, I'm gonna let you take you. Uh, I'm gonna let you take this one. Um, George Floyd, man. So um, they, the cop went from well, the former police officer. He went from second, third degree to second degree murder uh, charges, and the other three former cops has been arrested. And they look like they're gonna be charged, man. And the charge could carry up to 40 years in uh, prison. So go ahead and take it. I think really um, 
it's it's good and bad again you know you can't you know it's, it's sad that you really can't you know lean on a justice system to to do to be do the right thing um especially with cases like this i thought Baltimore john that was a case that it should have been open and closed and at the very least that officer should have got you know 25 years mm-hmm. um so again, I'm a little bit scared because, you know, I was happy with the third degree because it sort of seemed like if you could have got them, it would have been easier to convict them. But, you know, you get into the second degree and you can manipulate the language and, you know, people can sort of have their own interpretation, the jury had their own interpretation with, um, you know, what they think is going to be harder to prove without a reasonable doubt, you know, that these guys... Um, violated him in the second degree so you know I'm hoping I'm, I, I, I want to be wrong you know in situations like this um, I hope all four of them get convicted because um, if not I can only imagine what would happen you know if they if they get to walk away from this scotch you know scotch free yeah so you know again we, you know we leaning on the justice system to work the right way man for this black man who who was who was ultimately murdered, you know, for you know, a, a fake check or forgery or whatever it was. That's not a death. That shouldn't warrant a death sentence, man. So, not at all. Do you to feel, see what? I, do you feel like the protesting worked any? I think I think that uh, it, I think it, it it does because it, it sort of sends a message that you know you're not playing around and that more destruction can come of this but you know in a way it probably it hurt it'll hurt it because you know again you you pick you have to pick a side you know if you got jurors in there that look like the officers who knows yeah you know if you got jurors in there that that look like uh george floyd who knows you know it just it, 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 it's, it's, it's going to it's divide in America we can see it with all of these comments that come out nowadays but it's, it's really a toss up and it shouldn't be that way you should be able to look at this case impartially and just look at the facts and determine you know what these guys did wrong and that be the end of it but race is going to play a huge part in it you know make no mistake about it you know, if you know, if you feel like if, if people feel like the protests are wrong and, you know, he was wrong and ultimately he didn't deserve he didn't deserve to live, then you have gonna have people on that side, man. If you got people that, that look like him or you just look at the facts because that's it. I mean, he had his knee on his neck and and the other three officers either they had a hand in it or they were just basically complicit with what was going on. So again, you know, you you had you had a, you have a hand in it. You deserve to go to jail, also. Right. So Re- remember, I made that comment. Hey, I knew you was going to rob the liquor store, man, and I still went with you. Right. You Absolutely. Know? So you know, or go do a murder. I, you know, I, I was with you. I knew what was going on. Um, so, what do you say to the people that try to justify? the cop murdering George Floyd by saying things like, well, he had a trouble pass or he was violent. It's a bunch of BS and they want to bring up pre-existing conditions that he had. All of that stuff doesn't matter. You know, it, again, don't, again, not, you, you, you trying to muddy the waters and you trying to blur the lines. Yeah. None of that stuff had anything to do with what happened that day. We're, any if even if he has a pre a pre existing condition, what the cops did brought him to death. Mm-hmm. Period. And I hate that we even have this discussion yeah. about any of this stuff when it comes down to a black man being murdered. Mm-hmm. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I don't know any of this stuff about Dillian Roof. What he went what he was going through. To and me, he was you know, you he, don't he was brought in alive. I can tell you that. Yeah. You know, and look what he did, man. Um, okay, now what are, what are you seeing on uh, social media? Like, um, how do, how are you feeling? Are your white friends speaking up on your post? Uh, I mean, on your page, or 
you know, what about some of your black friends or let's talk about the biracial friends that's on the fence. Man, I just gotta say a lot of the a lot of my biracial friends, the the other side of y'all is starting to come out, man. You you compromising and you and you protecting these guys and all of that stuff. All you know, again, we get to talking about property and everything else that can be replaced, you know. But we can't replace a black life, and it's it's always a me, me, me thing, you know. People talking about, oh, I lost this because of the blackout uh, Tuesday that we had, and you know, again, when we talking about someone losing their life and we talking about the actual cause, what does any of that stuff even matter? Right. Right. You you put in you it's kind of it sounds to me like, you know, y'all trying to put a price tag on this man's life. I mean, you, you protest for a cause. You know, we you, we boycott for a cause. You know, you losing sight of why we even doing this in the first place and you right, trying to right. put money onto it. And it and it to me it's it doesn't even make sense because not even just a black life, any life for that matter yeah, is it's wrong, it's wrong. Yeah, it's not worth a trillion, a zillion dollars. I don't care. I don't care what you say. So, what about you? Um, Man, um, like I I last told you, man, I was going to do some sweeping on my page. Um, I try to respect people's opinions. But people have been coming out of left field, man, saying some crazy stuff. Um, I'm tired of seeing people saying, you know, um, well, what about black on black crime? We have to love ourselves. Yes, we do have to love ourselves, but I don't pay my tax dollars to um, to these niggas on the street. I pay my tax dollars to these police officers to protect and serve in my community and um, and not murder us. Um, that's something we do have to work on, but that's a different day and a different time. Right now, we're talking about something that's been going on for years, and we're talking about racism. And people say, well, it's okay for us to kill each other. We don't say nothing about it. It's not okay for us to kill each other. That's just like when we scream back Black Lives Matter and somebody say all lives matter. We not we know all lives matter. But we talking about the injustice that black people are seeing here in America. So we saying black lives matter. Stop shooting us down like we animals in the street. Our life matter. Just like everybody else life matter. That's what we saying. Black lives matter. Um I just I don't you can post whatever you want to, but it won't be on my page. I don't, I don't, I don't want to see it. Like I said, I'm not always right, man, but I really do think people be reaching, try to get a reaction, try to get an argument out of people. Um, I do believe that people are confused about who they are. Um, I'm very upset with the the past events that's been happening in society. I have, um, I have brothers, I have, I have uncles, I have fathers, I have friends, and myself. I'm black male. I couldn't imagine. We don't know if he knew that if that if that money that twenty dollar bill was real or not. And even if it if it was, and he was trying to get over, well, even if the money was fake and he was trying to get over, and he knew this, it's not worth you losing your life over. It's not like he went in there armed, shooting at somebody or shot somebody, and he got into a gunfight with the police officer or got into a tussle with the police officer. This was a modern day lynching that we witnessed. And the sad part is you watch this man take his last breath on a recording and imagine how his family feel. Can you imagine just you can't even be on social media without scrolling and somebody posted a video of your loved one taking their last breath. I grew up with a guy and I remember scrolling and it was on Detroit Sell Everything. And it was a foot hanging out the trunk. And people was talking about buying a car, but it had a man hanging out the um, out the trunk. And that was one of my friend's brothers, man. They had murdered this man and put him in the trunk of his car. And somebody was like, check on your people. You know how people on social media do. And that's where they found him. He was in the alley, hanging out the trunk. And can you just imagine being one of those people that's scrolling through Facebook, man, and you seeing your people take their last breath or this is how you find out that your loved one is somebody you really cool with passed away. It's it's something that I hope I never have to experience. And um, I think no one should have to ever experience that. I think if these cops 
we know they have a hard job and we know all cops not bad but we need the, the good cops to start speaking up you know and um, yeah absolutely and, and they gotta start taking accountability um, you have four cops and nobody made the right decision so I think they all deserve whatever they're gonna get and I hope it's justice I hope that family received justice for uh, George Floyd's death um, it was beautiful to see the video with his daughter being held up by uh, Stephen Jackson saying, you know, my daddy changed the world. I thought that was so beautiful. And um, I, I, I would have thought it would have probably been a celebrity, a high profile guy, but this guy was an average Joe, you know, mm-hmm. and, and look at it, it done something, man. It, it, it sparked the world, man. You know what I'm saying? Good protests, bad protests. Like it's let's let's focus on what it did. Like it really sparked the world. And people are saying that it's just not black people now. People are saying we're we're tired. We tired to do we black people are saying we tired. White people are saying we're tired for you guys now. We see it and it's not fair. The people outside the United States now are saying it got to be tough being in the United States being black. You know, you shouldn't treat people like that because when you go to, you know, London and uh, if you Sweden, if you're uh, Swedish or whatever, like they don't have those type of issues as far as um, being black. You know, I don't don't even think they. I don't even think they refer to each other as black. I just think that, hey, you, you know, in, in Brazil, you're not a black Brazilian. You're just Brazilian, whether you white, black, whatever, you know, you're just Brazilian. It's not, oh, well, you're, you're Afro-Brazilian and, you know, you're, you're white Colombian and all of this other stuff. I just a- think it's America all. America love labeling people, man. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, it is, man. So, um, so t- man, talk to everybody before we get up out of here. Um, just, I just pretty much want you to just touch on um, how everybody should pretty much have an open mind about this and and just a life, but like a black life mattering. Like, I man, just take the podium for a minute. Again, black lives matter. I know all lives matter, but we have to confront this this situation you know i hate when you know people kind of sort of minimize what that means as if racism doesn't exist in america now white crime white on white crime matters but it's not up to me to take it won't it's not up to me to take that mantle and 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 run with it it's up to you guys if it if that's the case you know you wouldn't believe who's the most violent towards cops what demographic Older white white men. So it's a shame that we're still feared more than the guys that's ultimately the most violent towards uh, white cops or cops in general. It's a white guy. So, and when it comes down to it, man, you still see it today where a black life, or in some cases, it's it's where it's a, a business or whatever the case may be, is worth more than a black life also. So, again, it's going to take a collective effort, but we got to do better. And with that, it still comes full circle to us because it's it's really only going to move if we move it. You know, um, I heard something today that that made sense, that made, made, I heard DL, you was a racist. And Abraham Lincoln wasn't, you know, he, even even though he, he came with the Emancipation Proclamation, after that he still had slaves, and it did it gen he generally he didn't like us. It's not that he didn't like us, but you know he he uh, he, he 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 understood what it all of that to say that that the cause still moved forward. The cause is going to continue to move forward no matter what. You can put a million obstacles out there. The cause is going to move forward. That's why I remain optimistic that we're going to get to that place that we're trying to get to. We're going to get to a place of equality at some point. I might not be allowed to see it, but 
we're going to get there eventually. Times are changing. People, I'm happy to say that, but we still got those people out there, those white supremacists that still believe in that old ideology. So, again, you know, this fight isn't just ours. You know, it's really yeah. for our kids, too. You know, the decisions that we make, you know, it's for our kids, too, man. So, you know, all of the people out there that's still doing the right thing and still living righteously continue to do so, man. Right, yeah, man. Well, shit, that's that's how hey, man. It's Chaz Money. Y'all uh, bless us to everybody. Um, stay safe in this. It's still a pandemic going on. Let's not lose sight of that. So, whatever you do, you know, just make sure that you stay safe. All right, everybody, y'all be safe. Yes, sir. Like the man said, it's still a pandemic. Stay in the house. <laughs> All right, this is Tess Howard, man. You listen to Chess and Money. Grins. And uh, who else we got? All right, y'all. Yes, sir. Be, be careful.